Hello and welcome to Funny Ideas, where learning and development meet humour. I'm your host, Julie Flower, and for the next hour, I'll be talking about spontaneity and thinking on your feet with improviser and trainer, Jason Del Plank. Stay tuned. So as Katrina and the waves fade out, welcome, Jason. Great to see you. Hello. Thank you very much for having me, Judy. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm sure that the next hour will fly by. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound great, but hopefully we can have a good time. So welcome to Channel Radio 2. Thank you very much for having me. Absolute pleasure. And... As I said, today we're going to be talking about spontaneity and thinking on our feet. So we're going to be super spontaneous here in the studio. Brilliant. Oh my goodness. So what's going to happen? Uh, 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 uh. Uh, who knows? What I can promise listeners is that because Jason is both an improviser and a trainer, we're going to be able to have some live improv on the radio. <gasps> That's going to blow our minds. That's going to be fun. Absolutely. But we are also going to be able to talk about how these themes of spontaneity, thinking on your feet, being in the moment, actually kind of translate to the workplace yep. and also to our everyday lives because you're also involved in corporate training yes i am yeah um been involved with doing team building sessions using improvisation which is lots of fun um <clears throat> excuse me also working in a greater training programs as well um where they want to focus on things like leadership communication uh confidence um uh, and then also just standalone training sessions as well so and also a, a, quite a breadth of companies that we've worked with which is which is fun Fantastic. So really different sectors, different types of individual. Yes, yes. So anything from people who are deep sea drilling through to uh, the NHS. Wow. But they all require some kind of spontaneity. Yes, they do. Because I think every job is creative. Um, I don't think anything is limited to being creative if it's uh, art or if it's theatre or if it's music. I think you need to be creative uh, in all aspects that you work in because you're dealing with people. And people are unpredictable and people change. And you need to be creative with how you deal with those people and how you solve problems. Absolutely. And it's not just, as you say, creativity like creating art or coming up with fantastic new ideas. It's kind of adaptability in the moment. Exactly. And that requires a creative element. Um, So the way I look at it is we introduce you to these types of skills and techniques that we do in an environment that's full of humour and fun. Uh, but you get to use these things in real life and be creative in how you solve problems. And what are some of the main skills that you cover when you try and translate improvised comedy, which is obviously something you perform and practice, Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. do I, Mm -hmm. into kind of workplace skills? The biggest thing is listening, Mm -hmm. is to get people to start listening properly. (laughs) And that sounds funny, but... The reason I say that is because we we tend to form our answers very quickly uh, or very early on in when somebody's talking to us or, or, or asking us a question. And we sometimes don't get the full bit of information that we need in order to give the right answer. But it's also, um, I don't know if there's another way of putting this, but it's deep listening and it's what is this person 
actually saying. You know, there's there's something else that's happening over here and being able to uh, figure out what that is, um, even then through figuring, figuring out what that is through uh, effective um, questioning. You know, in, in the world of improv, we say don't ask questions, um, but sometimes you do need to ask questions. But in order to get to that point, you need to listen properly first. So that's the biggest thing that we train is, is how to listen. And it is really interesting when you say about kind of picking up on what's really going on, because mm. I do executive coaching. And ah. part of that is about really actively listening. And mm. it's not just the, the hearing bit. Mm. It is listening with the whole of your, your body, the mm. whole of your senses. Mm. So actually, what are the, the visual cues? Mm. What's the body language? Yeah. What else is going on here? Exactly. Because it's, it's all data. Exactly. It, it, it is all data. So... Just a quick comparison is when we're doing a show, um, the audience as a as a, a unit, uh, as an entity, um, listens and hears and hears absolutely everything. So if you drop something, if you don't reference something, they will know that that's been left. So you need to pick up on every single little thing. Then in the workplace or in life, um, you will sometimes be with someone and they go, oh, they didn't hear what I said and that bit was really important to me. Mm. Um, and I think that's because the listener, so for example, myself, has already formulated their answer based on assumptions. Yes. So if we can just um, gear ourselves to acquire all the data, as you said, then we can formulate an, an answer. And that's the great thing about improv is it makes you a better listener, hopefully. Oh, I think hopefully it does. We'll have to see if we demonstrate those skills over <laughs> the next 50 minutes or so. Certainly one of the techniques that I use <clears throat> to look at this listening aspect, mm -hmm. which, which is adapted from improv, is yes and and yes but. Yeah. And it, I never fail to be astonished by how such a simple concept can really produce dramatic results with yeah. respect to how people interact with each other. So uh, I'm sure you have your own techniques for using it. But typically, I mean, I was working with a, a team within a research network last week and I just did a simple exercise where I got people to work in pairs and say, oh, let's organise a team away day. And then the next person would have to say, yes, and let's go here. And yeah. the next person would respond actively listening and respond specifically to what had been said with yes, and always building. Mm -hmm. And then I get people to instead try that but always responding with yes but yeah. so with blocking yeah. or as you've said with saying oh no i had this great idea and i'm going to say that because yeah. i'm not so interested or i can't be bothered to listen to your idea yeah. and what i just find really fascinating is watching people's energy when they go about that with the yes but and the blocking suddenly everyone becomes very yes you just see people sag and become demotivated. They slump. They slump, don't mm. they? And you see that. Then if you um, put that across to work, there are so many times, say, in a meeting or something where someone's come up with an idea, yeah. but essentially everybody's yes buttered them. Yes. Because they couldn't be bothered to listen or they think they've got a better idea. And suddenly it doesn't take long for that to then become a climate where people don't feel they're heard. Oh, totally. And it's it's like having the, the rug pulled out from beneath your feet. Mm. And um, I think... I think uh, a, a good friend of mine said to me that a yes, but is a no in a dinner jacket. <laughs> I like I that. I think I've got that quote right, but it sounds right because what you're doing is you're you're trying to let someone down gently, but it's almost patronising. Mm. You know, it's oh, I hear what you're saying. Uh, my idea is better, and 
I think there's definitely place in the world and especially in the workplace to use that is to once we put all the ideas on the table is to do the idea of yes, but which is the analysis is to go, right, what does work? What doesn't work? But in the initial phases, like if you're building a new relationship with someone or, or with another company, or if you're coming up with ideas or concepts of how to solve a problem, everything needs to be yes anded. Everything needs to be thrown on the table. Every idea is a good idea because you would then have time to filter through that. Um, and yeah, there's there, there's nothing more than the yes, and then you can feel that that Ooh. little pause and going that butt is coming, mm. you know. So uh, yeah, if we if we can, I suppose the thing is is if we, if we are aware that we are those kinds of people who do yes, but there's nothing innately wrong with it, you know. Could we train ourselves and position our mindset to go, right, today I'm going to try to do more yes anding? We can't and everything in the world. No, and it wouldn't be suitable to do that. <clears throat> no, I don't think so. So, um, yeah, maybe give it a go. You yeah. know? Challenge your own, your, your, your own defaults. Mm. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it, just <clears throat> noticing when am I yes anding mm. and when am I yes butting. Which do I tend to do? And maybe sometimes it's situational. Sometimes we're maybe a bit yes, Andy, in certain situations, but a bit yeah, more yes, but I don't know. Maybe sometimes my husband complains at me because I come up with a great idea and, and I'll say something and he'll be like, you just yes butted me. Yeah. You know, you didn't even give me chance. And I think, yeah. oh, hang on a minute. What does that say about me? Yeah. Um. So I think that's interesting. And I also really liked what you said about understanding almost which zone you're in with respect to generation yeah of ideas so are you in the generation phase or are you in the filtering down phase yeah. and i think it's when people mix those up that it really stifles innovation and creativity yeah and certainly in the kind of literature about creative problem solving they're very very clear that if you are in the phase of generation of ideas then yeah. you are looking for divergent thinking genuinely we are looking for everything yeah. Don't filter, just put it on the table, just keep going. Yeah. And then once we've generated, we will filter and we'll have that convergent thinking. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. I love that idea. And, and that is definitely a coaching thing as well mm. that, that people need to be coached on be, uh, and getting them out of that phase of judging and, and, and finding problems mm. immediately. It's being able to flick that switch and go, right, I'm not going to do that now. And then only afterwards being, being able to being able to do. And that's really hard. That's really hard because the thing is we are programmed to go, oh, is that safe? Oh, is that the right move? Do we have enough money? Have we got enough people to do that? Um, it's being able to coach your mind into a phase of going, this is not the final answer. Yeah. Yeah. Just because we're saying it and writing it down and we're putting it on a flip chart doesn't necessarily mean that that's how we're going to move forward. It's, it's let's just get it all out. You know, every idea is, is, is a good idea. Um, but I've seen that that needs to be coached, that needs to be trained to people. Yeah, to withhold that judgment and to say, look, you know what, as you say, some of these ideas may have legs, some of them may be adapted and have legs, mm. some will, will not be great ideas when it comes to it, but let's just get them down. Because there's something about also, I think, being in that generative zone together as a team, yeah. which is just really energising and really makes people feel excited and actually then means they work together more effectively anyway. Yeah, I mean, well, isn't it great if you start enjoying your job? 
Oh my goodness, I mean, this magical be, notion. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we came home and went, do you know what, I loved my job today. You heard it first here. <laughs> oh, you are radical in your thinking, I'm Jason. crazy thinking. Don't. But it's, okay, so I just get a little bit realistic now. Look, n- I think something is perfect when there's a, when there's a balance in there, mm. you know, when, the, when, the, when there's a compromise in there. But there are moments within your working life, there are periods or there are even days or meetings that you can allow yourself to have fun and get passionate about. I mean, wouldn't it be great to sit there and go, I've just worked for two hours and, and got some joy out of doing that. You know, you know, I've I've spent my time wisely. I, I I've I've got a kick out of doing it, um, and then to to be able to say, yeah, great, I I I chose the right job. Yeah. You know, it's not always going to happen, but I do think. Again, I keep saying this, but I do think there are ways that we can train and coach ourselves, not pull the wool over our mm. eyes. Never, never, never to do that. You know, it's like you said before. You know, we can't see yes to everything but finding ways that we can make it work for ourselves. Yeah, completely. And actually, some of that is around self-awareness, isn't it? Really genuinely taking a step back and saying, what do I enjoy the most or get most satisfaction from or feel is the best fit for my skills? Rather than, and I think, well, I know I'm guilty of it. I think we all are at some point in our lives. What do I think society expects me yes. to do? Or um, family, for instance, or um, the people I went to university with or whatever. Kind yeah. of, what am I supposed to be doing yes. or thinking? Yeah. And that's a hard thing to get out of. Mm. Are you being honest and truthful with yourself? If we just step aside from that for a second, it's also context. So... Um, we're in a meeting, we're coming up with ideas. It would be really great if the manager could contextualize that and go, uh, everyone, this is how we're behaving now. Every idea is a good idea. Or you go into a one-to-one. And then I, th- I think that's the other thing where, where improv comes in is uh, we're dealing with, with things coming at us from all different angles. Mm. It makes us more adaptable as well. And identifying what that situation is. And this comes back to listening. What's this person saying? What are they actually saying? What situation am I in? Um, and and being able to, uh, to 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 adapt accordingly. But yeah, getting honest and truthful with yourself is uh, yeah that that that's uh, I think that's quite a long process, um, but integral. Yeah, I think it's probably a life's work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, but enjoy the journey. I think. Yeah, completely. Give yourself credibility. You haven't got there by fluke. You've got there because of because of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favourite coaching questions is to say, "Is there anything from your past? You know, think of a time in your past when you were really successful, or you really enjoyed something you were doing, and what can we learn from that?" that then can apply to this situation because you know we all tend to be I think a little bit yes but in looking back at things we've done or you know whether or not we'll be a success in what we're doing or whether we've got enough skills to apply for this job and actually if we put it on the other foot if we do the yes and bit well yeah I've done all this amazing stuff in the past and I have actually survived to the age of well whatever we are Jason um early 20s (laughs) (laughs) if you believe that then you believe anything ladies and gentlemen i'm trying to make my voice sound a little higher i did tweet the photo just now so uh, anyway if you survived in such good condition to um to the age that we are but actually therefore we've actually done that there are things that we can draw from all of those experiences Mm. which are relevant yeah giving yourself that opportunity to reflect Mm. and look at what worked 
So when I did that thing, yeah. what was the thing that worked? Mm. And then seeing if there if there might be a pattern. I'm not saying you need to sit down with a, a notepad and pen or an Excel mm. spreadsheet mm. to do that, but you can just sit there and, and mull it over. And it's it's um, some sports teams do this. You know, you you do get people who fixate and go, oh, I did that wrong, I did that wrong, mm. I did that wrong. But a lot of them also do, right, well, what what was happening in that moment where yeah. that thing happened that was right? What was going on? And let's see if there's a way of replicating that. Is it a thought process or was it a physicality? Yeah. Um, and, you know, a, a very good friend of mine, John Creamer, said to me once, let's only ever look at the stuff that worked, mm. you know? Um Again, if we lived in a world of just yes, we'd 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 have so many different things going wrong. Uh, but I think if we we t- keep on touching on the self awareness mm. thing, what are the things that worked for me at that time? What were the things that I was doing that was right? And giving yourself credit, yeah, you know, yeah, I am good at that. That did work for me, you know. And that could be little things. Mm. So yeah, give it, give yourself a chance to reflect. And also give yourself a pat on the back. I think they're really um, <clears throat> fantastic kind of points of advice. And I think they are hard to turn into a genuine habit. Mm. But essentially, it's positive psychology. Yeah. And people might poo poo it sometimes. But genuinely, if you just make some small changes to, to think in that way, it can be transformational. I've seen it be transformational with people. There's an exercise that I sometimes like to do within team workshops, which is just around creating a sort of personal shield. People may have done this. I don't know if you've seen it, Jason. And basically you just draw kind of the outline of a shield, uh, just like a coat of arms, and you cut it into four. And then you can almost put anything you like in the four different sections. But often I ask people to um, express, which may be in a little drawing, it could be in words, whatever, to express... um, Now, let me have a think what I I usually do. So express what they... um, what their superpower is, wow. which is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, something surprising about themselves. So it might be a hobby or, or an interest or something that people don't know. Okay. Um, and then other things that I might ask them to put in that box are what <laughs> they like to give to others and what they need from others. So thinking about a team situation, for instance, what they think they can offer yeah. and what they think they would like from others. Ah. And and then I ask them to put a motto, almost like what's your motto at the top? So it's just like a little coat of arms thing. But the idea is that it promotes a bit of self-awareness, but then I encourage people to go around and in pairs, just talk to different people within the team and in a minute or two, explain their shield. And it's really interesting to see as people move around how their explanations change and how their understanding changes. And I mean, I've done this exercise myself, so I, I know it to be true. Yeah. Um, but also uh, what what made me think of it was when you talked about uh, sports teams. Yes. Because often people will, um, in the bit about a surprising thing, um, they they might put a hobby that they've got. So say it is around playing a particular kind of sport. Yeah. And a really good sort of, question to ask someone like that is you know if you think of a situation where you you know you're really good at say uh, i don't know water skiing or something think of a situation where you felt really on top of that is there anything we can learn from that that then we can transfer to the the workplace Mm. because i think sometimes we underestimate what we get from other aspects of our life so you know if you are a a brownie leader, for instance, there yeah. are certain skills and attributes that you get from doing that, yeah. which people may not even know about, or you may not recognise are transferable to the workplace. 
Uh, and I just think it's a really, it's such a simple exercise, but it's really transformational. Yeah. I, that, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. What, what else can you bring from other things that you do in your life? And um, it makes me think about we're all human beings. We're all in, in this situation together. Um, <clears throat> my big thing is that I, I always look at it as, as problem solving. You know, everything is a problem. <laughs> it, it isn't. It's, it, problem solving could also be, you, you know, we need to come up with a motto or, yeah. or a shield. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we all bring ourselves to that party mm-hmm. and uh, every single person brings something that, 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 that is necessary to, to making that thing work. Um, so, yeah, credit yourself. Find the things that, find the things that you're good at. Uh, <clears throat> I think that's a great exercise to go away and, and, and create your own shield, your own sigil. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is me. This, this is what yeah. I'm good at. And, and <clears throat> give yourself a moment in private to do that. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's really important, you know, because we can all put on our CVs. <clears throat> excuse me, you know, here's my experience. Uh, these are my skills. You know, I know how to use a computer. I have a driving license. But then looking at those those soft skills, those other skills mm-hmm. that you are good at, you know, imagine going into an interview and saying, "Yeah, I'm a good listener." You know, that, that would that would throw people, and then you could say, "Well, here's why I'm a good listener." Yeah. You know, this is what I did in my previous job. Um, so it is. It's, it's it's definitely transferable. It's yeah, fascinating. We could, as you can probably tell, listeners, we could talk about this all day. So, Jason, poor Jason's suffering with his throat. I'm are you, so sorry. Everyone. Are you going to be okay? Yes, I'll be fine. Fantastic. Yeah. If we hear him choking, then um, then I'll, I'll just ask him to leave the studio. But. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to spoil the show but um so we've been talking about spontaneity adaptability um both in our lives and in the workplace and this concept of yes and and taking yeah. this sort of more positive um i suppose more positive psychological approach to to life i'm just going to kind of switch things up a bit because yeah. obviously uh training and using some of the improv skills in that is is part of what you do but also you are a performance improviser and yep. a, a teacher of pure improv if you like yes. so tell us a little bit about what you're doing especially down here in Folkestone well thank you very much for asking um <clears throat> right I promise I'll stop doing that um so in Folkestone I uh, along with my friend Sarah Davies we run the improv gym and that is at the Folkestone Quarterhouse that sounds like hard work an actual gym with uh, improv? no <laughs> that that does put people off going <laughs> I'm going to a theatre that has gym equipment oh my gosh this sounds like the worst <laughs> no it is a place where you can exercise your improv muscles nice so even if you're brand new because gym uh, memberships uh, do accept new people, or even if you are an, an old hat at it, you can come along and brush up on your improv skills, or you can learn something new. So we've been running this together for about a year now, and what's amazing about it is that it's like many—it's a drop-in class. So like many drop-in classes globally, you don't need to book, you don't need any experience. You can just pitch up and come and do some improv, and it is open to everyone. And oh, it's adults, presumably. Adults, yes. yes thank yeah. you very much. Eighteen and older. Great. Uh, if we we will be offering teenage workshops to to schools as well at some point. It's just so that everybody feels comfortable. Yeah. And also, it's it's where you're coming from. Mm. Uh, there might be references that we just will miss between teenagers and sure, of course, fully grown teenagers. Um, so yeah, we, we we teach that on a weekly basis, and. Not only is it an opportunity to come and learn a new skill, it's also a community thing. And what I mean by that is you can 
if you want to meet new people, not only try something different, you can come down to improv uh, class and meet some like-minded people. In other words, people who want to try something new mm. and just jump out of their comfort zone a little bit more. And the class itself is based on also, again, I say global um, uh, ethos, which is everybody is welcome. Sure. We create a non-judgmental environment where you are allowed to make mistakes and we celebrate them. Yes. You know? So, yeah. So the more you're laughing, you might even actually learn something. Mm. And that, that you take away from that. And the classes have become very popular. That's great. And at the end of every term, we have a showcase. Fantastic. So the people who've been coming to classes can invite their friends and family to come and show off some new skills that they've learned. And it's really great because it just puts a little bit of cherry on, on the top. Mm -hmm. Because what we didn't want is for people to do a term of classes and then just go away. Um, we wanted them to actually have a chance mm -hmm. to put that in action. Um, and it's brilliant. Our classes have got bigger. We, we've made new friends. Other people have made new friends, which is great. And we have amazing facilities at the, at the Quarter House. At the Quarter House in folks, and that's mm. fantastic. Mm. And um, I mean, some of our listeners will know Sarah, Sarah Davis, uh, your, your partner in, in, um, in improv crime, crime. In improv crime down in Folkestone. She's also my partner in improv crime in, in Twimprov and has sometimes been on the radio here as well. It sounds like you've really started to generate a bit of a kind of movement and momentum around improv down there. Yeah, it, it, it was there before. We, we just were lucky enough to, to grab it and, and uh, just give it a, a little bit more impetus. Great. Myself and Sarah, which is good. And look, London's got some incredible theatres and amazing teachers. We wanted to be able to have something that was more accessible to people who couldn't get to mm -hmm. London or struggle to get to London or think, hey, that's... 10 minutes down the road from me, I can then go and do that. So to be able to start have that as an offering down here, um, and then if they wanted something else or something different, they could they could then go to London. But yeah, we 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 we're looking to make improvisation bigger in Kent and more accessible in Kent, um, with the same standard as as uh, you would get in in other places like London, 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 <laughs> oh, those Who Londoners, needs London. Oh, eh? We all do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I mean, I've I've got uh, lots of experience um, that. Um, I would like and have got a big thrill in bringing to Folkestone. The, the, one of the most important things I first learned when I first started doing improvisation was, um, you know, we don't own this thing and it's our responsibility to share it with as many people as possible. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to share it with as many people as possible and make the world improvise. <laughs> Yay, make it a way of life. Yeah, definitely. That's fantastic. You know, and, and the great thing is people come to classes uh, and they have an excellent time and then we will all go for a, a drink afterwards, mm. you know. So it's, uh, it's building community and it's building awareness of other people. And also it, it's, it's, it's a case of networking, yeah. you know. Uh, you might be able to find other work out of it or or just, you know, go along for the hell of it and mm. have a great time. I love that idea. It's kind of, as you said, it attracts people who who are interested in learning something new and who are taking a yes and approach to life. It's yeah. like, hey, let's yeah. give that a go. Yeah. So, and that's great to be to try to promote this kind of community within Kent. And mm. actually, there there is more and more um, going on in terms of the improv scene. Yeah. Because obviously, there's all the work going on in in Folkestone, which is amazing. Yes. We um, we did a performance up in Faversham. 
We at did. the Faversham Fringe yes. at the end of August, which was really well attended. It was a really joyful evening, wasn't it? It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, run by our friend Ribs Norman. Who's yeah, been shout coming, out to Ribs. Who's been coming to our drop-in classes, and she, along with her partners and various sponsors, put on the Faversham Fringe, and we had a fantastic performance there with uh, the little troupe that we developed yeah. called Gym Pass, which is a collection of the the guys who teach improv gym and some special guests who live down in, in Folkestone. And that was, that was brilliant fun. And it was, it, it was also bringing improv to an audience who weren't aware of it before. Mm. Uh, and that's, that's really great fun when you meet someone who has never been exposed to it before and uh, show them the magic that is improv and getting those questions afterwards of how much of that did you plan? Yeah. Like, no, we didn't plan anything. How do you do it then? And then we say by listening mm. and then by agreeing to people. And they're so simple, but it's the fundamentals that we teach in every single drop-in class that we do, listening and agreeing, using those as your cornerstones and building on them. And then you can, you can do, do anything. You can pretty, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> in, in, on stage in an improv world. Yeah, in an improv <laughs> yeah. world. But I think, there again, there's the analogy with work and with teamwork, because when I'm coaching teams in the workplace or facilitating teams, yeah. there's this sense of you need to practice working together because you need to practice those skills, as you say, of listening, of responding, of adapting in the moment and problem solving. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what content is necessarily going to be thrown at you. Yes. So again, it's analogous with an improv show. You don't know what the suggestion is going to be, whether it's going to be poodle or hairspray. Yeah. But you're going to use that. And because you have faith in other people, because you've worked with them so much, you know you'll you'll make a, a good show of it. Yes. In the same way, a workplace team, you know, or a, or a sports team. Yeah. If they've practiced working together, know how people like to work, know the cues, all of those sorts of things, then it almost doesn't matter what's thrown at them. Yeah. And, and I think it's just a really interesting idea to get into because I think teams in the workplace devalue this concept of rehearsal <laughs> almost. Totally. And and it's pe- people do question us and say, because there's another a company that I'm a member of called The Maydays, mm. which are based in London and Brighton. And it throws people when you say that we have rehearsals mm. and then they go, oh, well, you do plan yes, things. Yes, you've got the content. Yes. And it's not that. No. The rehearsal means exactly what you said. It's time in each other's company, knowing how that person ticks, what works for them, what doesn't work for them, and also trying different concepts and ideas and approaches. Mm. That's what the rehearsal is. It's, it's trying techniques. Um, and we refer to it as ensemble building. Yes, you know, because lovely. Because we are an ensemble. So wouldn't it be great if teams in the workplace called themselves an mm. ensemble mm. because they have a goal? So a call center dealing with customer services. What is their goal? To solve every call problem call that comes in because every call is a problem and what i mean by that is it is it's generic problems so it is um i can't find this statement can you help me or i need to change my address or uh where is my delivery you know things like that then there's bigger problems like you charge too much or i wasn't paid for that and you know people people getting uh, more passionate about their problem but everyone's got a problem to solve. Wouldn't it be great if we all thought of ourselves as an ensemble and we can solve the problems together, you know, by sharing best practice or by sharing different approaches. Um, but by spending time in each other's company mm. as well outside of that um, work arena. But what I mean by that is that don't every week go in a team build, 
But how about once a week or once every couple of weeks, the team gets together in the work environment to do something that stimulates them that mm. isn't about work? You know, because wouldn't it be great if you just understood how everybody operates and who you can go to like, you know, oh, Julie knows the answer for that. Go and speak to her or Greg can help me with this, with this kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, let's let's get to understand and each other more because what are we how many hours are we spending with people I've now 35 to 45 hour week yeah it's a long time so wouldn't it be great if we knew each other more and I think I think I've said wouldn't it be great five times now uh, but wouldn't it be great yeah you and know. what's stopping us um what is stopping us a lot of people would say we don't have the time but what if we spent you know half an hour doing this you could save a lot more time in the long run um, because relationship building is so, so, so important, I believe. You know, um, that's why a lot of these comedy companies, a lot of these improv comedy companies have gone on for so long because they yeah. understand each other so well um, and, and work with each other regularly trying to figure out problems. So, yeah, I, I think we could, in the workplace, take more time out to to get to know each other better yeah and it builds trust doesn't it and mm. also again back to that concept of people being whole people if you understand a bit more about what people enjoy doing outside of work and what other skills they bring from their other experiences yeah what makes them tick yeah i mean that's just so well for a start it's interesting and it's mm. interesting to know humans but actually that can really help in terms of building rapport and bringing those skills into what you're doing in in the workplace yeah totally i mean look the robots are going to take over <laughs> one day. Uh, yeah, there'll be a robot sitting here in the studio. There'll be a ro yeah. In fact, we're two robots right yeah. now with feelings and emotions. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the improv scene we're about to do. No? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, how long are you going to spend in your job? How do you want to spend your time? Yeah. You know, um, let's, let's try and get the, the, the best out of it as we can. And we're all human beings, mm. so which is fantastic. We're organic and we have feelings and emotions. Yeah. Let's... Let's use that. Yeah, let's make it a strength rather yeah. than seeing it as a problem. Exactly. I'm not saying every day let's just sit there, cry and tell each other what's going, you know. <laughs> obviously never worked with me. What's, what's, really, <laughs> yeah. what, what's upsetting us, you know, there's, there's space and time for all Yeah, of course, that, you know? of course. Um, let's understand and empathise with, with each other. Um, and then maybe, just maybe, we, we could go, yeah, I, you know, I do enjoy my job. You know, there's a 70%... Uh, rating that I like my job mm -hmm. and thirty percent of it that I that I don't like my job, you know. If we if we can weight it that way, that that'd be that'd be great. Absolutely, and there's a huge amount of evidence that suggests that if there is that kind of positive climate, um, which has a range of attributes, then actually productivity will be higher, turnover rates will be lower, people will enjoy what they're doing, and ultimately get improved impact whether mm. it's better care for patients or increased profit or however you measure success in yeah. whatever field you work in yeah the biggest thing that we come up against uh, and when i say we um i do some corporate training with um with the maydays sure. and i've also done it independently yeah. the biggest thing that we come up against the first thing that anybody ever says is communication Mm. Is communication now? We are flooded with the types of technology that we have nowadays. You know, email, smartphones, you know, social media. But just the the, the smartphone in itself, it's there. It's instant. You know, um, but face to face stuff is so important. Yeah. You know, and also, what is it that you're trying to say in this email? But a lot of companies that we've come up against um, have said to us, 
we want to make our meetings more effective. Mm. You know, how do we make our meetings more effective? You know, we don't just want to talk in circles for, for an hour. And that's where we come in. And we help them with empathy through these listening exercises that we do. Uh, and just get them, get them talking around that and then taking some of those skills and techniques. In fact, some guys, some guys, <laughs> some people that we trained recently, um, I'll, I'll keep them, I'll, you know, sure, I won't say anonymous, who Anonymous, whoever they are. Yeah. <clears throat> and they said, because uh, we revisited them and did some, some further training, they said, hey, we took one of those techniques and we put it into our meetings, um, but only half of us knew that we were going to do it and the other half <laughs> didn't, which was a bit sneaky, mm. but there was a point to it. And it made the meeting more effective. And, they, and they, they, they were able to just sort some stuff out, which for them was great. But they, they got a big kick out of doing it, you know. So it's not like saying in, use improv techniques every second of the day you're at work, but it's identifying the places that you can yes. use them. So that was very satisfying as a trainer to hear. And it is lovely to get that feedback, isn't yeah. it? We tried this thing and actually it really made a difference. Yeah. I ran a session for a sort of um, co-coaching uh, group uh, a couple of years ago. So a sort of coaching group where a number of coaches get together and sort of chew the fat really about coaching, which is, is quite cool. And anyway, uh, about a year afterwards, I saw one of the, the coaches who'd been in the room and she said, that thing about yes and, she said, it's transformed the way I talk to people it's yeah. transformed the way i communicate yeah. and that is just you know it's amazing to think that something so simple can have such a profound effect yeah and that was the exercise that they used mm. it was it was yes and so so simple because what you're doing is you're you're putting your mind into a state of of acceptance you know you're recalibrating yeah and you're you're probably changing years of programming uh, and it, it it's it's hard it it it's a challenge but if it's done in the right part of the day in in the mm. right context it can have massive benefits well i'm hoping that we can demonstrate some of those benefits oh live goodness. on air uh, uh, uh. so what we're going to try now is actually some live improv it may be comedy, it may not be comedy <laughs> on air. So just sort of stepping out of our business training, general improv talk and actually doing some performance here on air. Wonderful. Oh, my goodness. And it is always, I find improvising on the radio satisfying because it's really great. You know, it's just the two of us here. We can yeah. establish eye contact. But actually, it's a bit bizarre because there's no audience and there's mm. nobody else here to sort of bounce off, really. Yeah. So we're just going to give this a go. Jason's keen and so am I. Yeah. So we're going to give ourselves a suggestion. We haven't rehearsed any of this. It is genuinely improvised and probably do a, like a two or three minutes of some kind of scene. Fabulous. <gasps> so what should we take as our suggestion, Jason? Uh, what are we doing first? Are we... Um, I think just a nice scene. Just a nice scene. Mm. Um, we should get some live tweets, shouldn't we? Yeah, let's have uh, a look, see if anyone's tweeted us. Let's have a look, see if anyone's tweeted uh, Maybe if you could uh, read one of your text messages, Ooh, if you're happy to do that. That's a classic one, isn't it? Or a let's WhatsApp message, a even. Um, <laughs> obviously, it's legal and yeah. uh, it's, it's age appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, <laughs> I've, I've got a great one here. So this is actually in the context <clears throat> of talking about setting up a, a stall at a, a, a sort of expo event. Right. So I'll, I'll just um, read you a small amount. So it says... 
packs down into a very small briefcase, super easy. Okay. Okay, so that's that's good to work with. Packs down into a very small suitcase. So super easy. Super easy. Okay, great. And we're just going to do a little, do a little, a little scene. scene. A little scene. Okay, With fine. our own sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um, um, so, um, uh, Mary, thanks for, thanks for coming in today. Um, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your, your busy schedule to see me. It's all right, Bob. Anytime. Great. I just wanted, Mary, this is, I'm, I'm being quite vulnerable here and, and I just wanted some advice. Bob, it, I'm fine with your vulnerability. Yeah. Just, just don't step any closer to me. Absolutely fine. Totally understand it. Yep. That's your rule. That's your thing. And I'm fine. Would you, do you mind, do you, do you mind just closing the door? Uh, sure, you? sure. Yeah. If you could just move over oh, there. Oh, yes, of slightly. course. Sorry. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should get that oiled. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just just take a seat, Mary. Um, so You're in my office, Bob. Right. Sorry, sorry. I forgot this you, whole sort of protocol thing. Just, and, I, yeah, yeah. I, sorry, sorry. I don't want to make you feel any more uncomfortable. Yeah. But if you just sit in that smaller chair. Yeah, great. Got it. Thanks. Excellent. The stool's quite low. That's, that's fine. Is this how I you, think? You, is this how you normally carry out your one to ones? Yeah, you, usually. Just oh, uh, that's weird. It's like it's. Um, I don't want to say this, but it's quite a status thing. Like I'm a lot lower than you now physically. Yes, that's kind of how I see you in the workplace. Oh, okay. This conversation's really not gone the way I wanted to go. Um, Okay. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, Bob. I mean, here, you have this uh, dry biscuit and cup of water. I'll just have my delicious leaf Earl Grey tea. Please carry on. What do you want? Um, great. Um, I was quite thirsty anyway. Jeez, um, a bit side-footed here. Right, I'll just come right out with it. Um, I'm going on holiday and I've bought something and it... it, 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 it um, it packs down really small right. into a suitcase, and it's um, it's super easy. But I just wanted your advice of whether it's the right thing to take on holiday. Bob, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Yeah. But <clears throat> we work in an accountancy firm. Mm-hmm. I'm not usually approached about personal issues. I know that's why I said I'm, you know, I'm being very vulnerable now, uh, and 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 I kind of feel like uh, the way the whole conversation started, I probably shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have carried on asking you. I, I'm trying to be an open manager, Bob. It's, yeah, it's absolutely fine. Um, although I've got a call coming in in about a minute, but oh. but no, that's that's no problem. Someone um, much more important than you is coming in. Okay. Uh, so you say so you say it, it it packs down very small. Yeah, yeah. It being it it being. Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't even know if I should say this now. I'm feeling a bit awkward. Is it something embarrassing? It it, it, it yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. The kind yeah. of thing that junior accountants tend to like to pack into briefcases. Yeah, you know everything that junior accountants like taking away with them on the holiday. <gasps> Spreadsheets. Oh, yes. Oh my goodness, Bob. <gasps> Is it the right thing to take on? You know, my first holiday with my girlfriend. Is Whoa. that? 
You're taking spreadsheets. I'm taking spreadsheets out of the office to do when she's asleep in the morning, and I can get some work done before the day starts. I mean, is that is that is that the worst thing to do? What if she finds out? Is that is it bad? Well, I mean, I personally find spreadsheets. Very, very exciting, as, as I mean, you might imagine. Yes, aren't they?、Uh, and when I'm staying in my five-store resort, there's nothing that I like to do better than who wouldn't than, who? than swim with my spreadsheets in the infinity pool. Exactly. The first thing that I like to do every single morning before I even have my cup of tea is to look at at least five different sets、oh, of spreadsheets. Wow! Just show me those formulae, and I am away. Oh, they're great. Yeah, and then the, the different tabs along the <sighs> bottom. And don't don't even get me onto macros. Whoa! <laughs>、uh, but enough of that excitement. Yeah. I'm assuming that you're staying in probably somewhere quite kind of low rent, a little bit grotty. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't even get an Airbnb. So, this, sort this of is, two star is, hostel, something like that. One. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Could be a bit awkward, really. Could be. Yeah, but I've taken spare batteries with me, so my laptop doesn't. The thing is, Bob,、die. don't take this the wrong way, but、mm. I'm not sure I want our caliber of spreadsheets being taken to the kind of holiday resort that someone like you would go to. They're all password protected. Oh, oh! Now you're talking. Yeah. Hmm.、Yeah. Well, maybe I can have a little bit of time to think about it. That's great. Excellent. So it's not the fact that I'm taking. It's not the fact that it would be weird for my girlfriend to see me doing that. It's the fact that I'm just taking them out of the office. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't really care about your personal relationships. That's. D- that's don't take it the wrong way. No, I won't. Um, look, would you mind just、um, washing up your cup? In fact, would you mind washing up my cup as well? Sure. And、um, just make sure you close the door on the way out. It's terribly drafty in here. I'll, I'll do that, Mary. It's、yeah. is it still okay if I call you Mary? Ouch. No, I didn't. No, Maybe I knew. Mrs. Robertson. Mrs. Robertson. Or, or mom. 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 <laughs> I think I'd quite like mom actually, Bob. If it if it doesn't bother you.、Um, yes, mom. Great. Thanks for the your time and your advice. Looking forward to our next one to one. Great.、Uh, thank you. Bye now. Bye. There we go. That's the kind of boss you don't want. Wow! Wow! Ah,、oh, I loved playing someone who wasn't very nice because that's not usually who I play. I'd like to see her appraisal. <laughs> yes,、Jeez. can you imagine? Sorry about that. That's perfectly all right because I mean, who wants to take their spreadsheets on <laughs> holiday? <laughs> I don't know. There might be lots of people. There could be people out there. If you've been affected by, by this, this issue, yeah, then yeah, please. Yeah. And、um, you just, love spreadsheets?、Yeah. Please tweet us. It's absolutely fine. It's no problem.、Uh, And I like the fact that she was more concerned about the fact that they were leaving the building rather than, you know, his relationship. <laughs> Brilliant. Like, yeah, Brilliant. yeah, we've、don't、all had ever, bosses like that. Yeah, <laughs> don't ever take an interest in your in、yeah. your staff's personal this life. This was everything not to do in leadership in one scene. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. But it felt like it felt really awful, but in a way, really good. It was, it was really like, good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just yeah. Be really horrid. Yeah, he's going to come back from holiday. Yeah, and, and haven't we all been into those sorts of meetings where it's almost just those physical cues, which are like your chair is. Lower or nastier, or or you get some people who like to do the meeting sitting behind their yeah, desk, completely yeah. with this big barrier. Yeah, yeah. In、oh. their proper and、um, like a sort of a chair that looks like they're in a gentleman's club. Yes, status, status,、mm. status. Why? It's 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 so weird. Like, why is there? There's this this sort of need to to show that that one is more powerful than the other,、um, and the the best example I've had of. Equal status is、um, one of the first doctors I had when I moved to England. 
um, listeners, I'm not originally from England. <laughs> I don't know how we would have been able to tell that yeah. if you hadn't said. <laughs> um, and when I used to go and see my doctor, she would move her chair from behind the desk and mm. sit it at the corner of her desk and with um, us at sort of at a 45-degree angle to each other with almost our, our knees touching mm. uh, and would genuinely look at me and say, right, what's going on? And it was amazing how much more I would open up to that. Yeah, how different is that? I remember um, going into a doctor's surgery. I mean, this doctor, I know GPs are under a huge amount of pressure, so I, I'm not in any way being critical of a, a particular individual, but I remember that he was on his computer mm -hmm. and I, he was looking at my notes that's fair yes. enough but he was sort of he looked at me and then just said you know so uh, what can I do today kind of thing and was typing as he was talking to me ah. and I just really felt that there, there was a huge barrier there and that genuinely if you are doing something else even if you're typing some live notes as it mm. were you're not genuinely actively listening and certainly you can't pick up on the other cues so I could have been saying one thing about my health but yeah. betraying other feelings yes. by the way I don't know if I was shaking or, or whatever yeah. um, so I just think it's so important particularly in any kind of um, profession where you are genuinely working in a one-to-one -one way Mm, with people. Yeah, completely. Yeah, we are exactly. humans. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of uh, the listeners know this, but isn't it something like 70% of communication is is just body language? Mm -hmm. You know, what's, yeah. uh, again, it's going back to this thing, so what is this person actually yeah. saying? You know, am I, am, I, am I fully engaged in this listening process? And that's, that's also hard for us nowadays because smartphone, yeah. You know, one example, you know, uh, the amount of TV channels we've, we've got, you know, uh, we have to physically train ourselves to switch off mm. in order to engage with other people. Yeah. And it is harder and harder to do. Mm. And uh, I think it's, it's becoming more of a challenge. I read something about uh, parents at the school gate and the number of children who were met by just seeing their parents staring down at their screen. Yes, which is just and just that difference from maybe when, when we were kids or whatever, when, you know, your parents' eyes would meet you if, if it was your parent picking you up mm. or whoever it was. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's just kind of, it's just, it may seem like a small thing, but actually it's hugely important. It's hugely important. We, uh, our television screen broke a month or so ago. I know. I didn't know what to do. I didn't <laughs> know how to have conversations. Uh, but all jokes aside, the, the screen was busted for Gosh, must it be about four days? Yeah. And then once we put my son to sleep, uh, my wife and I sat there and we had the mm. best conversations. And then as soon as the TV came back, you know, we'd, we'd have a little bit of a check-in and, and, and then watch telly. And look, I love telly. Sure. And I love being able to switch yeah. off and just, just, just watch that. But we are conscious of that now. And every so often we do just have it off and just converse mm -hmm. with each other. Even if there isn't anything to sort out, it's time in each other's company it's that depth of conversation mm. and sometimes just it's not until you get into that zone of of listening and responding that yeah. you know that you've got something to talk about yeah i'm a great believer in kind of that walking therapy notion of you know just walking and talking to people and not being on a device and just walking taking in the surroundings and chatting yes that yeah can be hugely really, beneficial. really important we're all we're all human beings and we all want to be listened to and 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 acknowledged and yeah. if, if we, if we uh, wouldn't it be great if we wouldn't just it be did great more that, of that if we just acknowledged people and valued them and then um yeah. but i don't think this is motherhood and apple pie actually these are 
there's evidence to suggest that these sorts of leadership and team behaviours do yield better results, as we mm. said, and actually just make it a nicer place to work. Yeah, and considering the society that we are now, and um, don't get me wrong, like I love technology and, and mm. everything it's done for us, if it's used, you know, not sparing me in the right way. Um, I forgot the point that I was going to make. It's, uh, yeah, we would then become more spontaneous by just having conversations. Yes. And then go, I, there's, I didn't know you thought that or I didn't know you felt that way. That's interesting. Let's explore that. And just building, building on what people are saying. Yeah. Speaking of building on what people are saying, yes. would you believe that 55 minutes have gone? Shut the front door. I know. As you can imagine, Jason and I can, can talk and talk till the cows come home and the cows are, they are they're very at the gate. on their <laughs> way. We can hear their bells as we speak. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up in the next minute or so. Aww. So I just want to, I know, I just wanted to thank you, Jason, for the conversation that we've had. Obviously, we've been talking about spontaneity, thinking on your feet, adaptability, yep. both in the workplace and in life. So thank you for that. Jason is an improviser and a trainer. If people want to find out more about your work, where can they find you? Oh, thank you very much. They can go to my website, which is jasondelplunk.com and that's J-A-S-O-N-D-E-L-P-L-A-N-Q-U-E.com. Um, or just uh, look on the Twitter handle here and you'll find my Twitter handle and all my details there. Uh, what, what are you guys, your channel? Yeah, so we're actually um, at Funny Ideas Pod. Fa- at, at Funny Ideas Pod. At Funny Ideas Pod yeah. and you'll find me on there and then you can find further links. Yeah, that's that. fabulous. And I'll make sure that we tweet your website yeah. as well. Yeah. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank Hopefully you. Um, we can continue this conversation offline in a very yes and kind of way yes and And that would be great yay fantastic i hope that you've enjoyed the show you've been listening to me julie flower talking to jason del plank on funny ideas the show where learning and development meet humor and it's here on channel radio 2 and it's also released as a podcast thank you for joining and join me next time now we've got the news coming up after katrina and the waves